1: Draft Day 2, Night 2, I guess you could say, here on a uh, rainy Friday night here in Baltimore. Uh, like I just said, NFL Draft Night 2 kicked off over in Nashville, and me and your boy, my co-host, Vasily Lurikos, were uh, watching with uh, some pretty pretty heavy intent here. Ravens had two picks, so uh, how you feeling before we uh, get going here, buddy?
0: All in all, all things considered, I'm feeling pretty good. How you doing, Jake?
1: Doing good, man. Um... Always love the NFL Draft Night, too. It's a little bit of a more low-key event than the first one, but uh, you still get a lot of juice with uh, some big names going off of the board, and that's definitely how it felt. Uh, We're going to get into that, but I think before we do, I think uh, off the top of the show here, might as well address the fact that the Ravens made two picks tonight, some pretty high-profile names. Uh, Some people seem high on them, and it looks like they did a decent job here. So right off the bat, Ravens select... Louisiana Tech, uh, defensive end, outside linebacker, Jalen Ferguson, the sack daddy, I think his nickname was. Dude was super d- productive uh, in college. I think broke Terrell Suggs' sack record, actually, which is funny enough because here he is now potentially replacing him. Uh, great athletic traits, six foot four. I think he did pretty well at the Combine, so uh, that's an interesting pick. Um, just a little bit of a teaser here. It didn't sound like you were too thrilled with it. You want to give me your thoughts?
0: Not my favorite selection, not my favorite. One of the prospects I was actually hoping that Eric DaCosta would avoid. My main concern is that he played against lesser competition for the most part, and while he did put up actually pretty good competition against the better teams on LaTex's schedule, most of that was uh, against unblocked. You know, he's a free runner. Um, And he just, he has below average athleticism. That's my main concern with Ferguson. I do not believe he has a very high floor.
1: Okay. I think that's all totally fair. Uh, Just to play a little bit of devil's advocate. I like to pick a decent amount. Um, Yeah. You know, super productive guy, really big, not necessarily from a big school or anything like that, but the competition wasn't atrocious. It's not like, you know, Matt Judon going up against D2 guys, but Yeah, super productive. Um, Like you said, the athleticism leaves a little bit to be desired. And I think what I kind of like about it the most is that the Ravens have shown an ability to manufacture pass rush a little bit over the last couple of years. And maybe just by bringing in a guy who can be super productive uh, right off the bat, or maybe not necessarily be super productive right off the bat, but they can sort of use some of his tricks of the trade that he used in college uh, in order to help manufacture some of that pass rush alongside some of these guys like Matt Judon, Tyus Bowser, potentially, Tim Williams. What do you think?
0: I don't hate the pick. I think it's important to note that the Costa and the Ravens took players at positions of need, at premium positions, and that's always a good starting place instead of – reaching for a defensive tackle or a tight end or any of the positions they didn't need, a running back, devalued positions. Um, What I do like about Ferguson is that he is a pretty good run stuffer. He can definitely set the edge. The Ravens do lack that without Terrell Suggs especially, and I think he's going to have a role. Uh, I would have preferred possibly trading up to select Michigan product Chase Winovich He was slipping to the middle of the third round, and uh, that would have been preferable in my mind, and I also like Christian Miller out of Alabama, and DeAndre Baker out of Georgia, so I would have preferred one of those prospects, but uh, we'll see how Ferguson fares. We'll be rooting for him, obviously.
1: Yeah, Winnebix definitely feels like a big-time Pats pick there, so I think uh, he's going to go up there and crush it in New England, but... Funny you mentioned trading up for him. Eric DaCosta actually mentioned that they were attempting to try and trade up for Ferguson. And they were pretty frustrated that they weren't able to get it done. But then he ended up falling to them there. So apparently they thought he was a pretty highly coveted guy. And maybe he was. But regardless, he was there at 85 for them. So we'll see how that pans out. I think um, you had a big need there uh, at pass rusher with the departures of Terrell Suggs and Zadarius Smith. But... Like I said, you know, you get a guy who was super productive in college, maybe plug him into the mix, see what uh, old Don Martindale can do with him. So it's an interesting pick, and we'll definitely see what happens with it. A uh, few picks later, the Ravens weren't, it, weren't slated to pick until the end of the third round again there. They had that compensatory selection. Um, and DeCosta said trading up wasn't really going to be a likely thing tonight, but... I think he was more speaking about trading up into the second round because they did end up trading up to the ninety-third spot, and that is where they grabbed wide receiver Miles Boykin out of Penn State. What were your thoughts on this one?
0: I felt DaCosta redeemed himself in my eyes a great deal with this pick. Boykin is the prototypical X, the split end receiver. Tremendous amount of upside, size, speed strong hands catch uh, catch radius very nice prospect here and they only gave up two six round picks which as you they, we know there is going to be a roster crunch so that doesn't necessarily hurt them very much
1: I liked it a lot too big kid six foot four I think however many pounds he is over 200 got a big strike zone good for a quarterback like Lamar who's maybe got some accuracy issues in working the intermediate area of the field. And I think this guy is uh, going to be able to work those uh, intermediate folds of the uh, hash marks there. While you know, you got Hollywood Brown in the first round, who's going to be stretching the field. You got some other fast guys like Chris Moore. And I think you're going to be looking at Boykin here and Willie Sneed and Seth Roberts potentially work in the middle of things along with those tight ends. So I think he fits in well with this offense um, off the top of my head. I can't really think of. A ton of big wide receivers that have been in Greg Roman offenses that really jumped to mind but uh how do you how do you see him fitting into this offense here in 2019
0: well we wanted the Ravens to double dip and I personally wanted two vertical threats and that's what they have to open everything up and it's worth noting that David Cully was hired as the new wide receivers coach so hopefully he can help Boykin polish up that that running a little bit um But, yeah, I think he's going to play on the outside, and that's what the Ravens need. They have a lot of possession targets. What they need is field stretchers. Boykin can can certainly fill that role.
1: So you got Hollywood Brown. Um, I think it's probably safe to assume he's going to be a starter here. You have Willie Sneed working that slot. Seth Roberts was a signing over from Oakland, who is a starting caliber player. And then Chris Moore is also in the picture, John Harbaugh mentioned that, you know, it's going to be his time to maybe get some reps here. And beyond that, Jaleel Scott and Jordan lastly from last season's draft are starting to look like increasing afterthoughts, uh, unfortunately, looking like two wasted picks there. But uh, how do you how do you really see this wide receiver depth charts shaking out now that you have Boykin coming into the picture? Who's drawn some comparisons to guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Kenny Galladay, some uh, big name guys within the league right now?
0: Well, the Ravens are probably going to be carry either five or six, probably most likely six. It's going to be Snead and the two rookies, obviously, Seth Roberts and Chris Moore. And then I think Scott and Lasley are going to fight out with for maybe that, uh, that final spot, and we'll see if either of them is going to be able to make the team. I don't think either of them or roster locks. I didn't like the picks at the time, and neither of them did very much at all as rookies.
1: So it's impossible to call right now and um, might not even be practical, but do you see a guy like Boykin potentially lining up on the first play as a starter in week one?
0: Um, probably not because the Ravens are probably going to be in a two tight end set on first down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a good answer. But the uh, some people did talk about how Boykin's blocking is actually a big part of his game. I was watching right after we drafted him. I uh, Googled him. And one of the first videos that will come up is a draft profile, a thing where he sits down with uh, Pro Football Focus. I think Adam Gale is the guy's name, and he's interviewing him. And uh, he said that there were a lot of teams that were talking to me about how my blocking is a great asset to my game. So I think we know who one of those teams were, and um, pretty obvious why they would think that, because uh, they said they were going to be prioritizing guys who could block at that position, and now they've got one one of the better ones in the draft here. And, um, yeah, I think he could very much, if they do – lineup three wide i think he could crack that uh starting receiver rotation so um i think it's a pretty good pick um and Decosta's is off to a very good start so far what do you uh, make of his start
0: all in all i think he's definitely b plus so far was with his first three picks all fill the need all premium positions and um, yeah a reasonable value good value at all three spots
1: Yeah, so uh, getting back to the beginning of day two a little bit here, um, just a little lap around the league. We had some really good players flying off of the board here at the start of round two um, at 7 p.m. Right when things kicked off, you had Byron Murphy going to Arizona, the first pick of the second round. Greedy Williams flew off to our division rival Cleveland there. That feels like a really good John Dorsey pick. Rocky Sin, another good pick going to Indianapolis, and I loved Cody Ford to Buffalo. Um, What are your thoughts on some of those guys, and what was maybe your favorite pick of the beginning of the rounds here?
0: We always knew that there was going to be a run on offensive linemen at the top of the second round. The top of the second round always seems to be a lot of perfect fits. You know, good players going to good scheme fits, whether it be teams trading up. They have a little extra time to prepare. And uh, the first 10 picks or so, the second round every year, the board just kind of gets wiped out. And it was a little bit painful as a Ravens fan just waiting around and waiting around. It was a long while and a lot of good players were selected. I think the divisional teams, divisional combatants did pretty well. The team that sticks out to me as winning the second round was the Kansas City Chiefs. They went ahead and took Nicole Hardman, a wide receiver, a speedster, a burner. He compares to the Ravens' first-round pick, Hollywood Brown, pretty well in, in my eyes. Perfect replacement for Tyreek Hill. And then they went ahead and selected Juan Thornhill, a safety, out of Virginia with their second-second-round pick. He's going to be an, a nice addition to their defensive backfield. The Saints are a very solid organization. I like the way they draft year in, year out.
1: Yeah, pretty uh, rough situation surrounding Hill there. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But it does feel like he is not long for that roster. And uh, Hardman, I know you liked him a lot. I know our buddy Spencer uh, that we write with really liked him a lot. So that was a good pick to see. Um Outside of the wide receivers, another premium position, the most premium position is quarterback. And there was some movement at quarterback. Our boy Joe Flacco out there in Denver, he might have just gotten God again because Drew Locke was falling and falling and falling. The Broncos picked back to back. They at first picked Dalton Risner, the tackle out of Kent State, there. And then they traded up to the very next pick and they picked Drew Locke, gunslinger out of Missouri to come in and be the understudy there behind Flacco, similar to the model that we saw here last year in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson doing the same thing. What did you make of this pick?
0: Well, I think it's a, a good investment on Elway's part. I think that they need a understudy to Flacco, and hopefully he is a good mentor to Locke. Locke has uh, some, some nice potential. We've seen some comparisons to Jay Cutler, and I thought Risner as well was it, it was one of the better picks of the round.
1: Yeah, he definitely was, and um, kind of cool to see. I think he's from the Denver area, grew up a big Broncos fan, and said that's who he wanted to get drafted by. So he was uh, emotional when that pick was made. Elway was talking about it a little bit, and it was uh, kind of cool to see. Um, another quarterback movement, um, one that sort of was expected a little bit. You had the Dolphins and Cardinals in trade talks there for – lame duck, uh, former first round pick from last year, Josh Rosen, who uh, became essentially null and void after they picked Kyler Murray, they move Rosen to the Dolphins for their second round pick. And I think there was another late pick involved in the exchange. I don't have the details off the top of my head. A fifth, I believe. A fifth. Okay, okay. So decent haul, I guess, for Arizona after it became clear that Rosen's trade value was kind of plummeting. What uh, would you make of this one?
0: Arizona boxed themselves in. They gave a, up a lot to uh, to secure Rosen last year, and they did not get a great deal in return. Andy Isabella's a nice player, but when you match them up one-on-one, Isabella versus a potential franchise quarterback, that's not a great trade for Arizona.
1: Yeah, it felt weird. Um, it definitely felt like this probably should have happened weeks ago uh, before – Rosen's value began to plummet uh, with every selection essentially being made. It was just getting worse and worse and worse. And eventually it felt like they just kind of had to settle for this one. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's tough for them. But, I mean, you got Andy Isabella out of it when he wasn't going to be a part of the team at all. So maybe that's a win. Um, Either way, I'm sure they're not too concerned they got their quarterback in Murray. They're going to pair him up with Kingsbury. And that's a very nice pairing uh, on paper. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, another thing I wanted to hit on was the run on receivers and mainly in the second We touched on Boykin earlier. There going to Baltimore in the third What were your thoughts on some of these guys going to their their teams? You had Debo Samuel going to the 49ers right at the top of things JJ Arcega Whiteside to Philadelphia uh, DK Metcalf slide finally ended with Seattle Grabbing him uh, your boy scary Terry McLaurin went to Washington to play with uh, Dwayne Haskins and uh, also we mentioned Isabella. What, what were your thoughts on some of these guys and their pairings with their teams? McLaurin was
0: an excellent pick for Washington. They're having a phenomenal draft yep. from top to bottom. They really are. I was surprised that Metcalf slid as far as he did. It, it almost seemed like there was so many quality receivers the teams just decided they were going to wait on them mm-hmm. and uh, maybe to the receiver's detriment. But Metcalf definitely a head-scratcher. I think Seattle is a nice landing spot for him, especially with Russell Wilson's deep ball.
1: Yeah, definitely. That does feel like a uh, very nice matchup. He's going to be able to do that uh, one trick that he does. You know, a lot of people calling him a one-trick pony. He's going to be doing it very well there, I think, with Russell Wilson and that offensive coaching staff. That's going to get a lot out of him, and uh, hopefully for them, because unfortunately the news came out that Doug Baldwin, at age 30, may have to retire due to all these lingering injuries that are kind of catching up to him, so... That'll be tough to see, but uh, pretty good replacement value there with DK Metcalf in the what was it? The end of the second round. The other uh, round three picks
0: that were um, notable were the Bengals picked Jermaine Pratt, linebacker, out of NC State, with the ninth pick in the third round. That's uh, a, good, a good, good, solid linebacker for them. One of the better linebackers in this class. Another one of those chess pieces that kind of try to match up and spy Lamar Jackson, and then Pittsburgh came back with uh, cornerback Justin Lane, a tremendous value pick with the 20th pick in the third round. The division is getting better, especially with Greedy Williams going to Cleveland, and uh, the Ravens are going to have to continue to add to the roster to keep pace and defend their crown.
1: Yeah, Pittsburgh also drafted that wide receiver. His name is escaping me right now. Um, I didn't know much about him at the time, so I kind of was thinking, what are they doing? But it's the Steelers, and they're drafting a wide receiver, so I'm not going to question them personally. But yeah, you had Cincinnati, a very sort of chalk trenches type of draft, but that's how you build a team successfully, and their defense is pretty atrocious. So I think adding a guy like Pratt into the mix there is going to help them get a little bit more athletic, and a little bit more, let's say, not terrible. Um, so that's good for them. Pittsburgh.
0: Deontay Johnson Deontay. is the receiver that Pittsburgh selected, and definitely agree with that. You kind of have to trust that Pittsburgh knows, knows what they're doing with wide receivers. Um, so we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah, exactly. The,
0: Costa, the Ravens, they, they have their work cut out, but they do have three fourth-round picks, and uh, you know, personnel reign supreme. So, so let's, let's continue look. adding to the to the stable.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's jump into it then with those three fourth rounders. We're starting to get into the, uh, I wouldn't say the dregs of the draft here, but we're starting to get towards that shallow end of the pool. So who are you seeing uh, as being the targets tomorrow, um, specifically those three fourth rounders?
0: It is a, uh, yeah, certainly a lot of the good players are coming off the board. Board is getting thinned out. The Ravens have, some earlier picks, they had the 11th pick in the 4th as well as the 21st and the 25th. So we're not going to be waiting around all day for them to uh, to make their selections. And apparently they had, I believe, 260 players graded this year, which is um, out of the norm. I think they had maybe 60 to 80 players graded this year more than they did last year. Some of the players I like... Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the safety out of Florida. He would be a very nice addition. He is a Tyron Matthew-esque, versatile chess piece. May not be an immediate need, but he could certainly take over for Tony Jefferson in 2020 as his contract continues to burden the team. Um, Christian Miller out of Alabama. Might not be a bad idea to double dip at edge rusher. Mac Wilson, inside linebacker out of Alabama, draws some comparisons to C.J. Mosley. The Ravens could look to address that need. And, uh, and also some of the running backs that we've discussed, the fourth round is the, the prime place to get a running back, I believe, in this draft. And Hakeem Butler, the last player to mention, I think the Ravens had their eye on him. He's a local product. They've met with him many times. We thought maybe they would take him in the third. They ended up taking Boykin instead. But he may certainly be the best player available. And if you end up with three nice quality receivers out of this draft class, that's certainly not a bad thing.
1: Yeah, it would feel like for me personally that Mac Wilson and Hakeem Butler would probably be the ideal choices there in the fourth round. And it would kind of go with – What they've been doing here as far as maximizing both value and need together where you get a guy like a Ferguson and then the two receivers that it just kind of felt like right place, right time to grab all three of those guys. So I think those two guys would definitely be names to look out for. And then you mentioned Gardner Johnson. I think he'd be a uh, good developmental guy, sort of an eye on the future type pick there in the fourth. So uh, all very interesting names for sure.
0: Yeah, just a few more. Michael Jordan, he's probably the last of the potential first year starters on the offensive line. A guard center out of Ohio State, and Emmanuel Hall, another receiver out of Missouri. There are still some good receivers on the board, even Keyshawn Johnson out of Fresno State. Very deep receiver class, as we thought going into this draft.
1: Yeah, so we'll see what happens with all of that, Um, and we'll be sure to keep you guys updated as we go here. Um, It's been a pretty good start to the draft so far here, picking up three players that are both filling needs and also providing value to the team. So you got any final thoughts before we get out of here?
0: Um, The Ravens haven't necessarily added a whole lot of flash on day two, but I think they're filling... The needs and that is extremely valuable in today's NFL because you want early production out of your rookies because their contracts help you out with the salary cap so much.
1: Yep, I agree. Uh, it feels like these guys are going to be involved and they're going to be involved early, and it wouldn't shock me to see Eric DeCosta continue to follow this sort of method that he is sort of shown himself to be uh, executing here, grabbing guys like Hollywood Brown, like Jalen Ferguson, and like Miles Boykin that are probably all going to be contributing early. Uh, I think he wants to build a winner this season. And with these guys in the fold and what they've added in free agency, I certainly wouldn't rule it out of the possibility. So uh, that's all I've got. Uh, Sounds like all you've got. So I guess that means it's time to get out of here. Everyone, have a good night. Thanks for listening and uh, stay tuned for our full draft recap coming later this weekend.